who has an authentic voice that I can trust? And so when a speaker has the confidence to present themselves as the trustworthy voice, I think there's a heck of an opportunity out there. I'm David Oti, and this is The Power of Story and Science, a mix of content and conversations on how to bring your science to life through powerful presentations. In this episode, you are going to meet Marty Dickinson, author and entrepreneur. But you're not just going to meet him, you're going to hear him interview me, podcast host David Odie. And what is the occasion for this turnabout? It is the launch of my latest book. But you won't just hear about the book. Listen in on our conversation after this short intro. And welcome to another episode of The Power of Story and Science. I'm your host, David Oti, and this episode is going to present a deviation from the usual format. In fact, you're going to see me be interviewed by my friend Marty Dickinson. Marty interviewed me recently on the launch day of my newest book, The Speaker's Quick Guide to Presenting with Confidence. So you're going to hear us talking about the book. More than that, though, you'll hear us talk about things like what it means to be a speaker today, why this is probably the best time in history either to make money speaking or else to use public speaking to promote your product, service, or your reputation as an expert. You'll also hear about some of the book's content. If you're a regular in my audience, it may sound familiar to you. It should. If you go back to episodes 13 and 20 of this program, you'll hear me discuss concepts from chapters 1 and 2, respectively, of the new volume. And not only that, but you've heard me discuss many of the same ideas with other guests. So get ready to enjoy seeing the tables turned on me as I am interviewed by the always high-energy Marty Dickinson on the launch day of my new book. Welcome, David Odie, an author again. Sometimes I say new author, but you're not just a new author. You are an author again. This is your 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 three peat. Is that right to say? <laughs> well, well, yes, it would be. And now I can legitimately call my series a series. <laughs> you need to have three for a series. I, I think you have to have three. Yeah, is that two, the rule? <laughs> not quite got it. So I'm up to three now in the speaker's quick guide series. Okay, great. Well, you are in one of the most exciting days of an author's career, and that is launch day. It launch is day. Tuesday. What is our date today? May 25th, May 25th, 2021. And tell us the title of your book. The title of the book is The Speaker's Quick Guide to Presenting with Confidence. And then there's a subtitle down there, too. What does that subtitle say? Subtitle is Overcome Self-Doubt and Embrace the Power of Your Message. Great. So there's always a hook, 
and a promise to every title. Mm-hmm. So well done. It's a Thank great you. book. I, I got a chance to read David's book, I guess it was about three weeks ago or so, and offered a blurb for him to use in his mm-hmm. promotions. You might have saw that earlier this morning. And uh, he's off to a great start. And this is this is going to be a, a compliment to a lot. It's going to be a, a compliment to his series, but it's going to be an opportunity for a wide range of people. So I wanted to ask you the the first question before we dive into the actual book is, of course, the reason this book is important to our speakers speak group is because it'll help people to present more confidently. But I wanted to ask you more specifically about just the speaking industry in general. I always like to kick off my interviews with why you feel this is the perfect time for your industry. So tell me a little bit about that. Here we are in 2021. Why do you feel that the speaking business is the best place to be in history right now? <laughs> Why is this the best time in history to be in the speaking business? Is that, mm-hmm. yep. Did I unfold that correctly? Yep. I think there's two reasons. One is technological and the other is social. The technological reason I think is obvious. You can reach any audience anywhere. You know, um, we both know a speaker in our Toastmasters group who has managed to the amazing feat of speaking to at least one Toastmasters club in every one of 120 odd districts around the world, right? right. <laughs> Without leaving the greater Denver area. Um, so, and and my last uh, couple of speaking engagements were not uh, here in the Denver area at all. Um, uh, in fact, I have not, I have done some personal travel, but I have not traveled to speak since, uh, well, early 2020. Yeah. Okay. And yet um, I've, I've kept my calendar busy. So the, the fact that this COVID has changed the way we're reaching audiences and changed the way audiences go looking for speakers is an amazing opportunity. But see, that leads into the second reason, the social reason. Um, and that is with, with the rise of social media, um, people aren't looking for speakers. People are looking for experts. It used to be that the relatively limited number of media outlets defined for us who the experts were. You know, the experts on what was going on around us were people like Walter Cronkite. They were were filtered for us by a very small number of media outlets. And now there's such a cacophony. There's a word you're not good to use every day. Voices crying out for our attention. (laughs) Right. That people's filters are tuned differently. And they're, they're trying to find... Who has an authentic voice that I can trust? Hmm. And so when a speaker has the confidence to present themselves as the the trustworthy voice, I think there's a heck of an opportunity out there. Right. So that's why mostly I speak to people who give technical presentations. I have that authentic voice because I, I have a background in engineering and a degree in physics. So... When I say, as I do, that I work with scientists and engineers who want to bring their presentations to life so they can get funding, find collaborators, and expand their reputation, people believe I could do that. 
Yeah. And bring your presentation to life Mm -hmm. for engineers and scientists. Now there's an oxymoron. (laughs) (laughs) We, We both know some people with a technical background who are excellent speakers. You know, one of the last guests I had on my podcast, The Power of Story in Science, was was Beth Boaz, who I talked to the book uh, talked to about the book earlier today, sure. um, and she's a retired um, dam engineer and uh, a, a former international director in Toastmasters. Mm-hmm. So there are people I know, and you know as well, who yeah. combine a passion for communication with a passion for being a technical expert. Right. But you are right that those often don't go hand in hand. And then there's the other end of the of the spectrum where someone thinks they are a, an engaging speaker and they're gaining all the trust of their audience and they're they're just you know full of beans but yet the audience is thinking <laughs> Who is this guy? <laughs> why, why are we here? Why are we listening to this person? Yeah. What, what time is it? When can I get out of here? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, you know, it all does come back to, to it, well, there's another question for you. How do you measure your own confidence level? I mean, there, there could, could there be, I should pose it as a question, could there be a confidence that you think you have versus the confidence that you're exuding to the audience? How, how do you measure something like that? Well, it, the, the evidence is in the results. Mm. Are you connecting with your audience? Are you connecting with your audience? Right now, I can see that you are nodding your head. You're accepting, uh, agreeing with what I'm saying. Right. Okay. <laughs> that That's a... a, a to me, that says I'm connecting with my audience, at least my audience of you, okay? Yeah, I can't sure. see the rest of the audience in this video. Uh, and that's a challenge for us these days. You know, I could be doing a webinar and not see a single member of my audience, and that's that's hard. So the question becomes, are you making a difference? Are you getting your audience to think, do, or feel, you know, your, your specific purpose, getting your audience to think, do, or feel something specific? Are you changing their condition in some way? And I, I tell technical presenters all the time, your information goes nowhere unless you meet the needs of your audience. And what people need right now, more than at any time, I think, in the past, is for somebody to be able to quickly establish their trustworthiness and their uh, their content chops. Okay. So that must have led you to writing this book. Well, it did. The interesting thing is the second book in my series is the the Speaker's Quick Guide to Technical Presentations. And I actually started this third book before I started that one. Okay. Okay. Had my first Sometimes draft. that happens. I can see that happening. Yeah, I had my first draft of the first chapter. And then I ran into some information that made me realize I wanted to, to do some more research. I wanted to reconsider uh, this notion uh, that I developed in chapter one, your message has value. Because I was... I realized I was kind of on the wrong track. You know, mm. I was thinking that um, the the feeling, why should I get up to speak? Who wants to hear me speak? Mm. Um, I was thinking of that as kind of, um, you know, a false modesty. It is a, a self-defeating attitude. But what I didn't realize until I started digging into it a little deeper is that's actually your brain trying to protect you from something trying to protect you from harm. And the harm it's trying to protect you from is being cut off from your tribe. See, we have this deep-seated need to be connected with our people. That was a survival need at one time. It's not so much a survival need now, but it's still, it's in our genes. 
you know, we don't want to be cut off from the people whose opinions matter to us. And that's why there's this fear of embarrassment. And that's why I think people uh, lack confidence when it when it comes time to get up to speak. And, and and I feel like I've gotten away from the question that you asked me. <laughs> That's okay. Hey, you know, this this is all related. I mean, it's also related to to nervousness. What, what's the relationship between presenting with confidence and overcoming your nervousness? The connection between presenting with confidence and overcoming your nervousness. It's possible, as you indicated earlier, to be overconfident to be more confident than your ability would really support. <laughs> your confidence can exceed your ability to speak. But I think it's what I've seen in the people I coach and speak to that happens more often is people lack confidence in one of two things, the value of their message or their ability to get up and deliver that message in a convincing way. And lack of confidence in either of those things leads to symptoms of nervousness. Um, when you are feeling really nervous about getting up to speak, very often what that means is um, you're too worried about how you come across. You're too worried about your delivery and presentation. You're thinking about yourself. And so the challenge is to learn to think about your audience and your audience's needs. Hmm. Or you focus on what your audience needs from you. I believe the more confident you'll be in your ability to make a difference to that audience and the less you'll be worried about yourself. Right. I remember reading that line in the book and it stood out. I, you know, I was kind of reading along and that sentence really spoke to me. I wonder if you have a favorite technique that you offer in the book that seems to be a standout to people that are reading the book now. Is there any, is there just like one specific technique toward building this confidence that you've seen used over and over and over again. It works every time, almost every time, but, but something that just really stands out like that. What's that? What is that one? The starting point for me is I think knowing your specific purpose. When I start coaching speakers, that's almost always where I start. And that I have seen that make a huge difference to people. And your specific purpose is the answer to this question. What do I want my listeners to think, do, or feel differently when I am done? And as soon as you start thinking about that and related questions about your audience, like who are they? Why are they here to listen to me? What do they need from me? Um, those, there's a, a little handful of questions in the book that help you focus on the needs of your audience. And the more you're focused on who they are, what they need from you, and how you're going to make a difference to them, which circles back to that specific purpose. What are you going to change for them? How are you going to change your listener's condition by letting them hear you? That I believe gives people confidence. Great. Yeah. That, that's that just that one statement, that one technique is worth the entire reason of somebody opening this book and not just, not just getting the book. This is a book that every speaker needs to read. Even if you think that you are presenting with confidence. You've been doing this for 30 years. I guarantee you that you're going to read something you haven't read before in this book, and you're going to apply it to your own speaking. I've already done it today. I mean, I, I've, 
I read this a couple of weeks ago, and I remember some of the techniques that you were talking about. I'm already applying them to my speaking, and it's it's going to make a big difference. This is an important book for people to have. I really hope that people listening to this not only go and get a copy of it for themselves, but to share it with somebody. I mean, we we all know at least two or three people out there that have maybe dabbled a little bit in speaking. Maybe it's just mm-hmm. to promote their business or going into networking events, and they're mm-hmm. introducing themselves, introducing their business. Yes. And they're and and when you hear them do it, if you go with them, you get off the networking call and you're like, what did you say? Why why did you say it like that, you idiot? <laughs> <laughs> of course nobody was paying attention to you. I mean, that you know, that's how we talk among friends, right? When right. when we do things like that. But uh, you know, th- this is the kind of book that you can give to somebody as a gift and you can you can really help them in that transformation. So well, you know. Well, Speaking of giving somebody the gift, the book as a gift, it, it is, I intentionally kept the price low. I kept the size small. You can stick this in a standard yeah. six by nine envelope and mail it to somebody for a couple of bucks. <laughs> I know because I've mailed out a lot of my books. Um, and here's the thing. You talk about speakers having experience, uh, whether it's experience promoting their business or networking. I think about the process you go through in your mind when you realize that you're going to need to speak at, um, say, the wedding of somebody close to you mm-hmm. or at a funeral. Those are emotional, emotionally loaded situations. And even experienced speakers can go down a rabbit hole <laughs> when, they, when they have those Absolutely. opportunities. Mm-hmm. Situations like that are dealt with in the book. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, there's a there's a whole chapter on what to do when you're having to deal deal with the kind of content that makes you choke up. What's going on when you're choking up? Right. How do you work through that? Yeah. So, I mean, I've, you know, I've seen so many speaker books and even programs, just you know, educational programs and um, courses, online courses that mm-hmm. that help people get started in the speaking business. There's always a section about this. There's always a section about gaining confidence and everybody will suggest go to Toastmasters, which we both obviously mm-hmm. support. Yes, that's and, right. and that's one great, great step to take, but I have never, maybe it exists. I don't know, but I just haven't ever read a book that was solely on this topic. I just had no idea there was so much and the, your ability to, to pack so much into such a condensed version. I mean, if you elongated the examples and the stories, you could have easily fluffed this into a 300 page book, but it doesn't need to be that. It doesn't need to be that. It, this no, is it a, doesn't. something that can be read very quickly and applied quickly. That's even the, the more important part of it. Applied quickly. That's what's important to me is I like to take a, a thin slice of my topic and give people enough information that goes deep enough that they can apply it right away. And, you know, speaking of applying things, uh, after I had drafted the book, I realized there was a need for something that I had not addressed. And oh, yeah. that is presenting confidently to a virtual audience. Oh, so for I sure. added that appendix at the, at, at the end where, well, it's where an appendix always goes. I'm repeating myself, um, where I went through all the major points in, in each chapter and said, here's how you can apply this specifically to that remote audience, that audience yeah. that has distractions all around them that are real while you're a virtual talking head on their computer screen or their phone. Right. Which is really helpful if you're called on at the last minute, 
Like if you get David's book and all of a sudden you're called on short notice to be on virtual live someplace, you could just flip to that appendix and say, here, give me some tips. Let me just see if I can work some of these you in could. a couple at a time. I mean, it's, I hope you will have spent a little more time with the book by then, but you could do that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, well, yeah, that's, that's what resources are for that you keep around handy. I mean, some books you read through, and they're done. You, 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 great. Like, like I'm reading a a, a a book right now about um, you know, a, a famous historian, and and I'm going to read this 800 page book once, and once. that's it. <laughs> Winston Churchill. I wasn't thinking of him at that, that precise moment. Couldn't come up with the name, but that's that's who I'm reading about. I'm not going to read that book four, five, six times. But your book, once you've been through it a couple of times, it can be a reference book, mm-hmm. so that you can go to specific portions of the book to get a refresher and then put just a. You don't have to try to cram every single tip into your into your next speech. No, that would be hard. You'd be caught up in your head if you were trying to do that yeah, and not present yeah. with your audience. Exactly. Yeah. Well, tell us, give us the link for where they can go get this book. Well, I, I will, but first there, there's one other thing I want to say about the book. And, and that is okay. that it's all about getting you the results you need as a speaker. See, being a confident speaker is not a, an end in itself. It's a means to an end. When you display confidence as a speaker, your audience is going to be more likely to take the steps you want them to take. Mm. And that's the benefit of reading this book. It's yeah. ultimately not just for you. It's for your next audience. Right. The know. action component, getting them to take a next step. That's right. That's right. If we're not doing that, why are we getting on stage? In the exactly. First- if you're not doing that, <laughs> why are you speaking? Just, just write it down and hand it to somebody, right? Yep. So the way people can find the speaker's quick guide to presenting with confidence um, and the other books, it's the, the it's siblings in the series is simply go to speakersquickguide.com speakersquickguide.com all mooshed together, no apostrophe. And that will take you to um, the webpage where this book, the newest one is on top along with the buy now at Amazon. There you have it. Marty Dickinson interviewing me for a change on the subject of my latest book. Marty also has a book. It's called Lions Always Win. How to spot what you want in business and in life and get it, too. Learn more by going to lionsalwayswinbook.com. If you want to follow up with me about anything you've heard in this program or suggest a future guest, simply go to storyandscience.com. That's storyandscience.com, the homepage of this program, The Power of Story and Science. As always, thank you for being a part of the Story and Science community. This has been The Power of Story and Science. If you like what you heard, please tell a friend, leave us a review, or so that you don't miss anything, Subscribe at Podbean or wherever you like to get your podcasts. This program is a production of Speaking of Solutions, LLC. Theme music by Kevin Lufkin. I'm David Odie. Thanks for listening.